Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Geico of Mobile, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And I hope it's been good for you guys out there. This week's sponsor is your local Geico of Mobile. Hey y'all, did y'all know Geico offered water service? That's right. It'll cover breakdowns, gas problems, all kind of stuff like that that we may run into on the water. Hey, and you can even bundle it with your existing boat insurance to save more. Call Ron Davis of Geico Mobile and get you a quote, 251-445-0053. That's Ron Davis at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash al. What's going on, co-host Steve Wisdom? What's up, buddy? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, hopefully today we're going to see that fishing is still good. I've, uh, I'm going fishing tomorrow, actually, and I've heard the fish are on bed where I'm going, and it may be one of my favorite things to do. You, so you're motivated, I'm, it sounds I'm like. I'm motivated to get it done and get out of here. Man, you need a good day on the what, on the lake, man. You work too hard, dude. You got to take some time for yourself. It's funny, man. You walked in all on it. My guys are always giving me a hard time. I, I literally probably spend uh, six, seven, eight hours a day on calls. And so, but I'm a hustler, baby. That's what I'm man, talking you about. You know, we just got to get after it. Uh, luckily, um, all kidding aside, I'm blessed that I am on the phone that much because there are opportunities for conversations, for sales and, and building relationships and, you know, getting things done. So I'm grateful for it, even though sometimes in the midst of your biggest blessing, you lose sight that, you know, you're tired or you're complaining. And so seriously, I know I joke about being on the phone too much, but I, I'm grateful that the phone rings and that I've got somebody to call. It uh, would be a bigger problem if it wasn't ringing, right? That's right. And so, I've been on I've been on both sides of that, and those, <laughs> and, and those days aren't fun it, either. It, it, I joke with my wife. I said, it's, it's a lot worse if I come home and my ear's not red because that means I hadn't, been that means I hadn't made any sales today. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Uh, but, man, man, I'm excited about our guest today. Hopefully, they'll give us some uh, some good intel that fishing is great. So let's jump that's, on into our, that's first, what we're hollering, man. our first guest, Joey Nania. Absolutely. Joey, you on there, brother? I'm here. How's it going, guys? It's going good, man. In this first segment, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be bringing you the report on Logan Morton and Lay Lake Report. So we're excited to get this one. Joey, man, tell us what's going on in your world. Well, you know, I've been guiding a bunch and it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I didn't really know how people being at, with the stay-at-home order and all that was going to affect me. But really, I've been more busy than ever because people have been fishing more than ever. So I think that's a good thing. You know, the tackle sales are actually up for the last month and people are getting outside and fishing. So hopefully the long-term effect doesn't hurt us too bad. But right now the fishing's pretty good and it's been, but it's been kind of a weird spring. I mean, right now we're sitting here and it's colder than it was in the middle of March and the water temperatures are colder than they were like March 20th. And so that we had a big wave of fish that spawned on Logan Martin and on Lay Lake and most of the Coosa River uh, in the middle of March and that trickled into early April. And then normally, you know, post-spawn, it's going to be warmer. And this year, post-spawn, the water's dropped back down eight to 10 degrees. And so it's been a little bit weird because of that happening. Joey, this is Steve Wisdom and uh, glad you're on. What do you see in a situation like that? Is that going to hurt the, the hatch? Is that going to kill a lot of fry or, or is it just kind of make fishing funny? 
I don't think it's going to hurt the spawn. I really don't. The only thing that could have hurt the spawn on the Kusa this year was the timing of our rains. And, you know, spotted bass are amazing. They can spawn on a rock crack that's on the main river with three turbines rushing over their head. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, it's kind of wild. And I'm sure the fry, yeah. when they do hatch, they just kind of tuck right there in that same little hole or in a crack of a rock. And they can, you know, they know how to do it. They've been spawning in this river long before we had dams and yeah. prolifically you know so that that's a good thing but i think they're going to survive but the weirdest thing right now is just how it's made the fishing kind of funny you know they're neither here nor there and we do have this next moon coming in in about a week and logan martin's a unique lake because they have the, you know the winter drawdown most people you know that fish that lake a lot know that obviously but the lake's supposed to be full pool by may 1st and we have a full moon coming i believe on the third or, or maybe it's the fourth or fifth of may so I was hoping it would be perfect timing with the water coming all the way up and then having the full moon. And I'm hoping there's going to be one last wave. Maybe I would say 10% of the fish that haven't spawned yet might spawn. Well, we'll definitely spawn on this next moon because it's supposed to get hotter yeah. and all that too. So there's, I think 90% of the fish are done, especially the fish in the major creeks, uh, like Rabbit Branch Creek and Clear Creek and the park, you know, Cropwell Creek, all those bigger like main creeks warmed up the fastest this year. And so those fish are about done. And then the river fish started spawning really hard about two weeks ago. Um, but then we had that big flush of rain and it, it dirtied everything up and the current winds are ripping again. And so it's harder to get bit just like going down the bank than it was a couple of weeks ago. Right. So uh, now it's starting to move into a post-spawn deal. And normally right now you got a shad spawn going hard. But uh, this year with the water temperatures being like it is, the shad spawn has been very finicky and spotty. There just hasn't been a ton of shad spawn activity up on the banks early in the morning. Um, there's a little bit of it and there has been for the last like two weeks, but it's not like they're up there just, you know, going crazy on the banks and flicking everywhere and there's fish blowing up on them everywhere. You got to work for them to, to catch them even in those areas that do have a lot of bait. So Joey, I, I hear you talking about how, you know, how rough the lake is, but I know you and I know you're always catching fish. So, so tell us what's actually going on on the lake. How are you catching fish? I mean, you said the spawn might be mostly over, but are you still up shallow? How, how are you taking your clients out and making them have a, a great day? What, what, what's going on on Logan Martin right now? Yeah, that's true, man. Enough with the negative. Logan Martin is way too good of a lake to ever be you know, negative about it. But it's, you know, there's so many fish in this lake that it's just made it a little bit weird. This weather being the way it is and getting warm during the spawn and then cold during the post-spawn. It's been kind of crazy. So the fish are spread out all over the place. Um, which is not always the easiest thing. Uh, normally, you know, I've been, I've still been catching between 30 to 50 fish a day on an average day. And that's if you don't really get into a big school of them, but it's not as easy as it often is. So it's not like you can just pick up a worm and go down the bank right now and catch a ton of fish like you normally can in April. And it's because so many of those fish have already spawned, but it also hasn't got hot enough to really put them into their deep, you know, offshore summer pattern. So I'm really expecting in the next like two weeks, I think there's going to be one more wave of spawners that pulls up. And then I think it's going to go to full-blown post-spawn offshore beatdown on the deep stuff. And anywhere from 12 to 25 feet of water is normally where I look. And I'm fishing current points and places where the current funnels out of a creek or something and rolls over a big deep point. And then also main river current bars and current seams and things that stick out into the river that are perpendicular to that current. So it's going to hit right into it and roll over. And that's kind of the, po that's the main post-spawn deal. And I've been looking for that. You know, I always try to stay one step ahead of the fish and I've found a few schools of fish that are out there, but they've been gone like the next day. And that's just because it hasn't quite gotten hot enough for them to have to go out there and stay. So that's kind of what I'm anticipating right now happening in the next few weeks is it should get really, really uh, fun on the deep stuff offshore. 
Well, and one of the things that I've wondered, and, and, and Logan Martin is where I spend most of my time as well. And, you know, it's, it's a lot different than, you know, the sister lake right down the dam from yeah. it with Lay. You know, with Lay, you've got so much grass and structure. With Logan, it's totally different because of the drawdown every year. Uh, so that's one thing I've always thought about is like, are you, what are you targeting when you're fishing shallow water? If like these, these fish at that, that 10% that may still be on the bed right now, are you looking for, I mean, are you going up the river and trying to find grass or kind of, what are you, what are you looking for when you're, when you're hitting the water for the shallower fish? Well, this week, the water's still a foot below summer pool, maybe even a little bit more uh, than a foot below summer pool. So that really doesn't make the grass much of a player. Um, there's some grass in the water, but it's just, it's really not enough to hold them right now. So they're more on docks and places that are just out in front of the grass. Uh, if you're going to catch them shallow and that's for largemouth. Now, Logan Martin, for anyone that hasn't fished it, I mean, that lake is 80% spots, 20% largemouth, maybe 70, 30 at the best, but wow. it's got a ton of spotted bass in it. <laughs> so when I'm out there, the most consistent fish to target, in my opinion, on Logan Martin is spots. Now, if I'm trying to win a big tournament, I do a lot more largemouth fishing, fishing a lot more pockets and backs of creeks and grass and docks and that kind of stuff. Just trying to get less bites, bigger, better quality. But I always have those spotted bass, you know, out there so that I can go catch and be really consistent with. And that's been one of my, you know, key, that's always a key in a multiple day tournament is having something like that. It'd be nice if I had that on every lake in the country, that kind of confidence and understanding of the whole system. But I really do love catching spots and for guiding, you know, that's the most consistent pattern I can get on. And what I've been catching my fish on is shallow current breaks, super shallow points in the river where the current's rolling over them. And a lot of the fish have been sitting in like one to three feet of water. Now we were catching them really good on chatter baits and even a spinner bait and some on a top water up on those same shallow river points. But the way it's gone this last week, the current slacked off a little bit. And there doesn't seem to be as much of a shad spawn going on as there were, as there was like, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago. So what I've been doing is I've been slowing it down and giving my clients either a Ned rig or a hardhead. And uh, we've been throwing either a three eighths or a half ounce hardhead. And then a, also a little one sixth ounce Ned rig. So just throwing a hardhead with any sort of little craw bait behind it. And I've got a new Z-Man prototype that I've been throwing behind. It's called, a, it's going to be coming out at ICAST. I can't really release the name yet, but it's a uh, kind of a little flapping, just a little flapping craw bait, but it looks really good behind that, that swing head. And we've just been fishing those shallow, rocky river points, and uh, there's been a lot of fish sitting up there. They just don't seem to want to chase like they were a few weeks ago. So you can still catch them definitely dragging around on the main lake. That's awesome. Sorry, but yeah, when I say river point, you know, I call the main lake a river. I say river, and I don't mean like up in the river doing that. I mean kind of the mid to bottom end of the lake, fishing those shallow rocky points. That's always a good way. You know, if you have a decent current running through the lake, they're going to be on shallow rocky points. When you said river, does that mean you're going up the lake to the river itself, or were you talking about the, the main lake but the river channel? So you cleared that up, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't want that to be confusing. I always call it a river, and the cool thing about any of the Coosa River lakes this whole system, anytime you get a big giant flush of rain, it turns the main lake into a river. So, you know, you can always go up the river in that upper quarter of any of these lakes and feel the current when it's running, even if it's only running one or two turbines. But when they start running three turbines or floodgates, it just opens the door for there to be big current schools that are in shallow water, you know, all over the lake from top to bottom. So I really, I love it when they're running floodgates and muddy water does not scare me at all. You know, these fish are not afraid to be out there in the mud. And there's just a huge population of fish that live on the main lake and never even go into the creeks. And normally those are your spots. 
but there's so many of them that live out there. So you really don't even have to follow them. They just move in and out a little bit deeper and a little bit shallower on those current places, those main current seams. And they're pretty easy to get on and pattern based on how much water's running. That's awesome. It, what's okay. the, is the water still dirty because they, we've had these rains on and off, on and off, or is the water starting to clear up? It's cleared up a little bit since in the last like two weeks. And really the dirtier it is, the shallower it makes the fish go. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're so comfortable to be up there in a foot of water if that water's chocolate milk. So as it gets less current and clearer, they're just going to move a little bit deeper because that's like their comfort zone, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's happening right now. The water's starting to clear up a little bit. You can probably see down a foot, maybe a foot and a half at the most, probably not even a foot and a half, like a foot on the river. And then you can maybe see down two feet in the creeks, but the creeks got really stirred up the other day from those big winds we had. You know, yeah. we had those crazy south winds for two days, oh, yeah, but yeah. now the creeks are kind of muddy. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got a lot, a lot of different factors going on that are making, really are making the lake kind of challenging. It's not like you can't go catch them. Because mm-hmm. if you check enough places on Logan in enough different patterns in the course of the day, you're going to be able to catch fish and you're going to be able to catch, you know, a lot of numbers. And I've been averaging on my best five anywhere from 13 to 14 pounds on my guide trips. And it's really been pretty consistent in that range. And that's catching five, like two and a half to three pounders, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where we've been falling as far as the weights go. But you did mention earlier, uh, you know, Lay Lake and how different it is. And Lay Lake is just a different animal completely with all that grass. And a lot less hard bottom. And I think one of the things you always got to remember, if you go to Lay Lake, you're not going to try to go catch 50 fish or 100 fish like you are at Logan Martin a lot of the time. What you're going out there for is the opportunity to catch a big one, you know, more more likely a big largemouth than anything. But you're going out there more for less bites, bigger size. And that's just something I always have to kind of remind people I'm taking to Lay Lake. I mean, I've had 50 fish days out there, but you don't go out there and catch 50 fish a day on an average day. It's just such a technical lake and you're fishing for bigger fish and there's not as many spots in, in Lay Lake as there are in Logan. And I believe that's because Logan Martin has such so much hard bottom with so much gravel and rock. Every single place you go drag a Carolina rig, you feel rock, you know, and at Lay Lake, a lot of it's just kind of a mucky bottom and they have to spawn up on seawalls and they've got to spawn on rock banks and that kind of stuff. So that's one of the biggest things that makes Logan so good for numbers but Lay is so good for big fish. And Lay Lake's been tricky, too, because there hasn't been much of a shad spawn the last two weeks. The water's still staying pretty cold. And the other day in the back of Cedar, the water was like 59 degrees. So, oh, I mean, it was crazy. I was after a couple of those cold nights and that cold, that's cool water that comes out of the back of Cedar normally anyways. But mm-hmm. the water was super cold back there. So it's really killed a lot of the grass bite. And uh, that's not that you can't go get them, but, you know, catch a few in the grass. I caught a, almost five pounder in the grass last week out there. But that was just fishing main creek grass and beeswax. And then uh, there was a little bit of a spawn still trickling on lay um, on the bluff banks on main river bluffs. And anytime you got as much current as we've had, some fish are going to wait till later to spawn. So I believe there's probably going to still be a few fish. You could just catch them on like a worm or a finesse jig going down the bank, fishing those rocky bluff banks down below the narrows. But as a whole, the lake's been a little bit tricky. And what I'm really waiting for to make that shallow largemouth bite pop again is we need it to warm up where the water's 70 degrees and the bluegill really gets spawning hard, you know? Yeah. We've been missing that bluegill spawn that you normally have when it's post-spawn and it's kind of screwed things up a little bit as far as shallow grass fishing goes. And the water's been like a foot to a foot and a half low. So we need Lay Lake to come back to full pool. We need Logan to get full pool. And then we need some warmth, which I think we're going to get. And that's going to get everything back into the normal swing of late April, early May. Go catch them shallow in the morning in the grass and around docks and on seawalls and then go out deep and catch them in deep schools after that. 
Man, Joey, that's awesome, dude. That was th- such a thorough report. We really appreciate it. Hey, we like to always leave the listeners with uh, one tip, one tangible thing. You said a lot there, and it was really good. And you, you, yeah, that's you, a painted, a, you painted a great picture. But let's peel it back and walk away. What is just guys wanted to go fish on Logan Martin tomorrow? What's one tip you'll give them? Uh, the biggest key, if you want to have a successful day, really any day on the water on any lake, is don't get stuck doing one thing too long and don't get stuck doing what you did a week ago. All it takes is 10 minutes to go check a pattern. Once you know a lake and understand the way it lays out with the difference in the creek and the river and the current and all that. So just go out there with an open mind. And if something's not working, don't kick it for three hours thinking it's going to happen. Logan Martin's such a patternable lake where if you catch them doing something, you can run with that pattern. And almost always, if you're in that similar area of the lake, you're going to be able to duplicate it. So I never beat up on anything too long. If I don't catch one on a topwater first thing in the morning in Cropwell Creek, I'm rolling out to the river and trying stuff. And if I don't get bit on the river after hitting three or four current places, which might take an hour, I'm going to start thinking about adjusting to a little bit deeper or offshore in the creeks or whatever, you know? So it's just, you just got to keep an open mind and try to be as versatile as possible. And you got to know those different patterns, but then you just got to be quick to adjust and switch and not waste any time on a bad place. That's great advice, man. Thank you for that tip for sure. And I know (laughs) for one, I know I'm excited about the, the lake getting back to full pool that means it's almost time for me to go noodling so we we've got some boxes oh, yeah. that we're we're building right about to build and and get put out for noodling season so man i get i get excited this time of year when when logan martin gets to full pool and the water starts getting warm enough for me to get <laughs> <in>. <laughs> so, oh yeah uh, i've stuck my hand in a few boat ramp holes that's for sure well, there's some, martin, there's some yeah. big fish man <laughs> so if you see if you see a redneck out there uh with his head poked up out at a at a boat ramp uh swing in there it could be me so run over that's right hey uh, joey man that's some good stuff and we appreciate the report uh that's some great information for guys that may be going to fish logan martin or lay lake and hey before we leave this segment uh, i do want to mention that the week before last we had walker ken on gave us a great report from lay lake walker is a first responder firefighter here in chelsea alabama and the storms came through the other night. These guys, he was out doing what they do, risking their life to make sure that all of us are, are safe and taken care of. And, and a tree limb actually fell on on Walker and broke his back. So you guys keep him in your prayers. Uh, he is doing better from what I understand. Uh, but but we want to keep him in our prayers and, and, and hope that he gets back on his feet and gets back out on the lake as quick as possible. So I just wanted to end that segment with that. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really do hope he, he heals fast because he was a super awesome guy. And I know he's passionate about fishing and probably not get to be fishing very much. But, Joey, what a great uh segment uh hey if if a, if a guy wants to come fish with you or bring his son fishing with you and i say that because I, I know you love the kids fishing and you spend a lot of time fishing with your sons but if a guy wants to come fish with you catch i mean a ton of spots on logan martin how can they get a hold of you yeah man i really appreciate that and i would love to obviously seeing parents take their kids fishing is what i'm all about with zeke and eli and my wife jessica that's what we do is we take our our uh, kids fishing with us. So any, uh, any opportunity I get to get them out there, I do. And I think that's such a cool thing. So I've got the patience 
of a, a much wiser man than myself. So I'm very patient out there and uh, love working with kids. But if you guys want to reach me, you can uh, reach out to me on my website, which is www.joeyfishing.com. And then also on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, which is just at Joey Fishing. You guys can follow along with everything we do and uh, reach out to us. So I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. We appreciate it, man. Good luck out there. And we look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Absolutely. All right, guys, that was a great segment. And that segment was brought to you. We're going to bring this segment to you from, from myself, Brian Sand with National Land Sales. Hey, guys, if, uh, if you are looking to purchase land or sell land, give me a call. I mean, y'all are, man, I am grateful to all you guys that listen. And y'all trust me with your fishing report. So, so I hope that you put your trust in me. Uh, selling your land or, or helping you find that perfect place for you too so with that man we're going to move right into our next segment and we got joe done joe what's up buddy none but high water again i hate to tell but it's uh it's back up there but it's finally gonna fall out some this week and then maybe things are getting better toward the weekend but that, no well i say that uh, it's going down now they're actually going to pick back up and come back up and then fall back so it's probably going to be you know next week before it really settles out but at least some of it is cleared up a little bit on the lower end right now but i thought about you uh this week i i was i traveled over to mississippi so uh, i crossed the river not too far north of where you are there and uh man that river was rolling yeah it's it's been one of those years you know you know in, in april you know usually it's a little bit better but you never can tell when those showers going to come through and just mess everything up. So that's what happened. And, you know, I had to, we shifted gears this last week and went back to the old school jugging me and my wife did and got to catch a bunch of catfish, which that's fun too. But, uh, it made it, there's some guys that still caught some crappie did real good actually, but, uh, it's, it's not for everybody to get in that high muddy water. Man, I, I tell you, you mentioned the, the jug fishing there, and, and uh, you talking about bringing back some memories. Some of my best memories with, with my dad and with my brothers is is in Demopolis area, and, and man, we'd go up to Gainesville and Lock and Dam and, and, and throw jugs out and float that river all night and just and fill the cooler up with catfish. And that just, man, you even just mentioning that just is like a, that's one of those precious memories that i hold pretty dear there yeah and it was like you was talking y'all talking earlier you know about you know kid friendly type of fishing and and jugging is the ultimate kid friendly fishing you don't have to be quiet you can hoop and holler and play and kid around uh give them all a dip net and go to and then when everybody when you whoever sees the first one go to moving and shaking it just fires everybody up to see that jug go to taking off or or if you're lucky enough and get a big one on and it goes out of sight and he holds it down, well, I mean, everybody's fired up then. But uh, it's definitely a kid-friendly, definitely fishing trip. Well, you know, I, I use jug fishing, some of my memories with that, uh, when I'm talking to, to parents a lot of times. This, uh, this baseball thing that we all do is so crazy and so different than it was when we grew up and we just played a little summer league, maybe high school ball, 30 games a year, and we were done and moved on. But now it's with baseball and, and with all sports, really, it's a, it's a year-round deal. And and you got private lessons and, you know, and, and when I talk to parents, I'm like, the one thing that I would urge you to do as a parent is, yes, you make good memories on this baseball field with you and your son with your daughter, she's playing soccer, whatever the case may be, but 
don't forget that there's other things out there. And even though I have these great memories of me and my dad on the baseball field, and we spent a lot of time there, but my best memories are, are on the lake and, and fishing, or squirrel hunting, or, or, or doing those other kind of things. So parents, um, if, you, if you got kids who are involved in that, don't forget, get them out, do some different things, and, and take them fishing. And, and like you said, chuck fishing is a great way to do that, man. It's a kid-friendly uh, and and fun and fun way to catch fish. Parents have to be careful because some of them put them sports. They get a little bit too competitive and they put a lot of pressure on the kids when it, it's supposed to be just having fun. And that's what they need to remember. That's the whole deal with the jug fishing. It's just all fun there. That's right. Well, I get the jug fishing uh, can be fun, but you know as well as I do, there's a there's one or two stubborn folk out there who even when the crappie ain't biting on the Alabama River because the water's up and muddy and all crazy, they're gonna still try to do it. How could a guy catch a crappie on the Alabama River right now? Right now, you're gonna have to rely a lot on your electronics. The water's still gonna be high, but see, you know, we know they're in that transition right now, so. Uh, really beating the banks, eating where you need to be, and it even is even more so now. So find some of that structure on out a little bit deeper. This last week you had to contend with the wind. That's another big issue right now. You're going to have to learn how to use those electronics, and if you don't use electronics, you better learn how to build you some structure because the fish is in that transition, and there's more fish probably, like I said, done moved out even more now. So that's the places you're going to have to key into. And you know, we're talking on that ledge, eight to ten foot ledge in your major sloughs, because your creeks are going to be so muddy you can't get in those. And you wiggle around until you find that structure out there. I got a good example of a place up in G's Bend, which is an old, actually an old bridge that I found uh, when the water was, you know, before they flooded it. And places like that or tops you drug out there. That's where you're going to have to key in, and you can use a minnow, or uh, you're going to have to use something a little darker right now, uh, black, black and blue, black and chartreuse, or, you know, maroon and black, uh, black and blue, something of those colors for that muddy water, and you can still pick up some good fish. Good stuff. What about the bass? What are they doing down there? You got any got any insight on, on them in the high water right now? Man, they're probably con- as confused as every other fish in Alabama right now. <laughs> You're probably right. And, and, and it's, you know, a lot of the, uh, like I said, it's going to be, uh, you're going to find them still up in the grass, most of your bass. they going to, when it's up that high like now, they're going to move up in the edge of that grass still and stay in there. And I watched some guys fishing in that high water the other day. And that's what they were doing. They was they was taking, you know, obviously those big old weights, flipping it straight up in the air, making it punch through those weeds that was weed mats that was up against the bank. And they was actually pulling some fish out. I didn't see them catch any real big ones, but they did catch several small ones and they was frustrated. They was in a tournament trying to find the big one and couldn't, but they were picking up fish in that grass mats, and that's what I would do, be flipping those grass mats right now. Man, I love punching the mats, boy. I love it. I love it. That that, that actually just excited me, Joe. <laughs> you were kind of just blowing it off like, I guess you could do that, but I'd accept it. <laughs> yeah, that's love, a fun way to fish. I love punching that grass and getting that tick, man, and jerking one out of there. So, Well, man, it sounds like the, the common denominator right now is we need some some stabilization going on in our systems and we're just in the heart of the spring of storms and rain and and inflow and outflow and 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 now we're throwing in changing the temperatures and 
it's just I think got the systems all over the state really just confused, right. and we just we need things to stabilize. Well, definitely so. And and, and the thing is, it makes you a better fisherman though getting out there, trying it in these conditions, and you're gonna learn something. You may not catch nothing, but you're gonna learn something. You know, fishing these hard conditions and. Don't give up. Get out there and keep trying. So good. So good. As always, uh, Joe, tell us how how the guys can get a hold of you and if they want to go fishing with you. Uh, just call me here at 334-564-0617. That's my sale or either at the uh, stores, 334-636-0850. What's the store again? 334 zero eight five zero here at dunn sports okay dunn sports there we go okay good deal guys all right guys if y'all want to go fish the alabama river and catch some crappies and joe will get you taken care of thanks for your time today joe thank you look forward to talking to you again buddy stay safe out there all right thank you guys all right guys that was a great report from the coosa river and that report was brought to you by great days outdoors are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the midwest don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in our home state pick up a great days outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, and Bass Pro Shops. Or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. All right, guys, let's rock and roll right back into our next segment. We're going to go up to Pickwick on the Tennessee River chain with Brad Whitehead. Brad, what's going on, buddy? Man, we are sitting out here looking at the wind today. We have had a lot of wind the past few days. I'm talking 15 to 18 mile an hour straight west winds. And I'm going to tell you, that rocks that boat when we're out there crappie fishing. Those conditions that we've had the last few days is, is a lot more conducive to flying a kite and fishing. We're <laughs> just staying is. inside. That's exactly right. But I know you've been out there anyway because that's what you do, brother. Tell us what's going on, man. Tell us, are you catching any? We we are catching a few now. Our numbers are not where they're supposed to be, but our size is there. And what I mean by size is two plus. You know, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that say, hey, you know, that's a two-pound crappie. That's a two-pound crappie. Do so you put it on the scales? These crappies sometimes, especially the white crappie, they'll fool you. So, we do uh, a technique, you know, we talked about it last time, it's kind of crazy, uh, side pulling. It gets you out there in a little bit deeper water. Believe it or not, you know, we're going into May, and I'm still fishing in 22 to 24 foot of water. So that is something with these fronts that's coming through in these cool mornings, it has been a plus to be out in that deeper water because it is not shook none of these deep water cropping. So, you know, guys are going, I, I don't understand it. I said, well, you go to bed and it's 75 degrees and you wake up like we did the other morning and it's 39 degrees. It's going to shake those shallow water crappie. So this deep water's allowing us to, to catch a few few more than what the average guys are catching out there. Yeah, I can see where that's, uh, those shallow water guys have definitely been challenged with the, with the water. But the, hold up, hold up, hold up. My man's talking about two-plus pound crappie. Like, yeah, let's back up to that. Like legitimately two-plus pound crappie? Two pounds, got to put them on the scales to make people believe it. I mean, it is, you're not going to catch a whole bunch of them. I think the most we've had in one trip is 12 that was over two pounds. Goodness. And... I've got guys that are traveling. I had, a, I had a, a group in the other day from Illinois, and I asked him, I said, let me ask you a question. 
because you won't hear very many guides talk about this. So why did you drive eight and a half hours to come to North Alabama and fish Big Quick Lake? He goes, what's in that live well right there? He said, would you drive eight and a half hours to kill a 160 class buck? I said, yes, sir. All day he long. Said, then I'll drive eight and a, <laughs> I'll drive eight and a half hours to catch a fish. He said, because we, we kill, you know, he was showing me pictures of bucks. That was unbelievable. And he said, now, I compare that to a two-pound crappie, which I, in my mind, I can't get that because, you know, we're here on the on the Tennessee River. I can't compare a 160 buck to a two-pound crappie, but there's people all over this country that do that. They've never seen fish that big. So That's, that's, I, big, that's big, man. That's big. I mean, I, I, I'm a bass guy. You know, we kind of usually live in the world of I want to chase the five biggest. And, you know, a lot of times the crappie guys, they just, they love it because they catch so many, but... Man, five two-plus pound crappie is pretty good day. That's a good day. Hey, but you you talked about how the benefit of your your style, your side pulling is that right? Side pulling is your your yes, corner. sir. You're out in twenty-two foot. The fluctuation of the weather is not affecting your fish as much. But my mind thinks that if you're out in twenty-two foot, that means you're kind of out in the open. You're out. You're off the bank, which this wind could create a serious challenge for your technique. Even though your fish aren't being affected, are you, because we've had so much wind in the, in the recent days, are you, are you happening to really adjust your method to be able to achieve that particular style that you fish? We are. And let me tell you now, we're telling our clients, we're having to fish water that we normally don't fish, which sometimes can be a positive. Mm-hmm. You know, I, just like you as a bass fisherman, if we went in and we, we went to your home lake and we put in, you're going to go to the last place that you caught fish, just like we do. I can flip through my phone and I can look at a, a, a cooler crappie and I can think, yes, I caught them so-and-so. Well, what we're having to do, we're having to fish water that we normally don't fish because of the wind. Mm-hmm. So that's doing one of two things. We're either learning some new places, which you think you know everywhere, but when you're getting in this open water, there's so many treetops and, and things that guys has put out that you might not, mm-hmm. you might not know is out there. So, you know, I try to tell guys, you know, you're not going to learn nothing on the bank. You will. There's a two to three week period here that you're going to catch them on the bank. What are you going to do after that? We're finding stuff out there. You know, I found four tops the other day. What's well, like finding a, a piece of gold? I mean, four <laughs> brand new tops that I didn't know that was there. And that don't sound like, you know, people go, ah, oh, it's just tops. Well, I know in the future those tops are going to produce for me. So, you know, I may, I'm, I'm fishing some different areas that I've never fished. I had a guy the other day from, uh, from Mississippi. He said, you know, I just thought we'd use smaller things. He said, I never in a million years thought we'd use quarter-ounce jigs for crappie. Well, the first pound and three-quarter crappie he caught I said, look, you can stick a golf ball in his mouth. Why do you think that? And <laughs> yeah. he's right to some instant. There's, there are guys that use 16th and, and 132nds and even up to like 180th, you know, but you don't have to do that. These crappie, I have cleaned crappie that's had four-inch thread fin shad in their guts. They're going to eat. They're going to eat big, just like a bass. You know, yeah. they're, they're eating the same things. Yeah, just like a bass. I mean, big crappie eat. They not only eat big fish, but they eat a lot of fish. That's why they're big. Big baits catch big fish, and it's the same thing. A lot of people don't make the correlation that crappie and bass are very similar, and they're both predator fish. 
Um, that's why in a pond environment, it's hard for them both to exist and, and you be able to cr- grow trophy fish in a pond that has both bass and crappie Absolutely. because they're both predator fish. They're both pursuing as much forage as possible. And so, yeah, big crappie are going to eat big fish, big baits. So. And you made a point about guides. And, and, and if anybody that's ever fished with me, I, I let them know real quick. I don't want you to set my boat and us catch five two-pound crappie and that be it. I would much rather catch 25 12-inch fish or, or 30 12-inch fish than to go all day and catch five two-pound fish. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't tournament fish, so I'm not looking. Our area is really not known for trophy crappie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want it to be known as numbers. And, you know, that's what rattles our head sometimes as a guide. You go, man, are you really happy? You know, most of these mm-hmm. guys are – they're happy with 22 to 25 big fish like that, and they're wanting to know, hey, when can we come back down here and do this? Okay, you know, so okay. I'm going to have to stop you again uh, for the second time in this podcast. You just said that the area is not known for trophy crappie, but here you are talking about catching 12 <laughs> crappie over two. What is a trophy crappie then? Like what? <laughs> well, well, what well, are we talking I, well, about? Here? I can tell you this. I saw where in Grenada Lake this past yeah, I, week they caught one. Uh, there was a and, and it was on the scales. The picture now it may who knows, but I know that Grenada has them. They, I mean, they're catching four pound crop. And that's what I'm comparing. I'm comparing uh, Pickwick to that. It's four hours from Muscle Shows here where I live, uh-huh. and they had a tournament. I mean, this is mind-blowing. Now, I'm going to be off just a little bit. Anybody that's listening that keeps up with tournament trail, so I know I'm off a little bit. I'm not off a lot. <laughs> but they weighed in seven crappie that weighed 23 pounds over there about three weeks ago. Good a father night. and a daughter. You can look it up. It was a club, you know. And here's the thing. Six, eight years ago, I was there when a set of guys weighed in seven crappie that weighed 21 pounds. And the sad part about it, they had two in the live well that had died that was over three pounds. That's pretty, you know, and that, that's what I'm comparing because yeah. a lot of guys, yeah. they will drive over to Grenada, but I want to keep people in Alabama. I want to keep mm-hmm. them fishing here. I want them to drive eight, nine, 10 hours, come down here, pick up a great days outdoors magazine and look and see what we have. But most of the people, when they travel that far, they want numbers. And that's the reason I say that. In our mind, over the past years, you know, we're looking at 50. If we can catch you 50 to 60 a day, you're going to go home happy. Awesome. But we're being up front. Uh, the guys that I'm taking now, uh, and ladies too, I've got a couple coming in uh, Friday. I'm telling them up front, hey, you know, here's what we're looking at. Don't bring that 100-quart cooler like you brought before. You're not going <laughs> to you know. But you have a chance to catch. The largest fish. Yeah, I think the last out of the last six trips, we've had one customer catch the largest crappie that they've ever caught. And you know, that's something they're going to go home and they might not say, Hey, we caught 60, 80 crappie, but let me show you what I did catch. And you know, that means a lot to me. So, well, yeah. and, and, and you know, you take it back and you mentioned the, the deer hunting and how uh, us southerners, we love to travel up to, to Iowa and Illinois and Kansas, and I do it every year. I go to Kansas every year. It's what I look forward to more than any other time of the year, probably. And we all go up there wanting to kill that 180, that 190, because they're there. And you know they're there and you see them. But 
if we go up there and come back with a 150, we're tickled to death. Yeah. And uh, and so that's kind of the <laughs> same <playing>. thing. <laughs> You're paying a lot more for that trophy buck than he did that trophy trophy too. That's absolutely. So, <laughs> so, if you're, so if you're coming down to Pickwick and, and and fishing with with Brad, I mean, if you that that two pound crappie is still a heck of a good heck of a good fish, and and uh, and you may get may even catch some bigger. But yeah, so I know you're the best saying feeling is to hear these guys go. That's a bass. No, <laughs> that. That's, That's Alabama bias. crappie right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? awesome. I know you're saying that it's not known for trophy crappie, which I'm still questioning. But we, what we do know is Pickwick is known for trophy bass and even more so smallmouth. And the word on the street is they are catching some stud smallmouth. I know you're a crappie guy, but what do you know about what's going down right now with smallmouth on Pickwick Lake? Let me tell you. Smaller is better. I just called my son before you, we, we got into this, and they're using a, a an eighth-ounce Ned head, you know, with some type of Ned rig. The past few years, the big swim baits has been the ticket, but I reckon all these guys, they've gone small. We, we're getting a whole lot of pressure because of what's going through the country right now, so we're having to downsize, and we're talking, you know, you get a June bug, uh, some type of Ned rig, mm-hmm. light line. The light line is a key. I'm talking eight, six pound, six pound line. Mm-hmm. And you go to somewhere where there's no current. I mean, that basically pea gravel points, mm-hmm. pea gravel flats, and hold on is all I got to say. So, Ooh. you know, I'm going to tell you, we're, we're going to be talking in a few months, and my tone's going to change because we're going – I start doing these live bait trips for these smallmouths in a couple of months. And let me tell you something, that is something that's really, you know, I'm five minutes from the tail race of Wilson Lake. And let me tell you something, that's where all of them roam. And they all don't get caught in the spring. I'll do that here in just a couple of months and hope we can get some good reports for that. We do the the thread fin shad, the live bait trips. It's really fun. You know, you're going to catch a bunch of fish. Of course, you're always trying to catch that one trophy smallmouth. But our spot population is unreal now on Pickwick. So if you can find a school of them, they're really going to be fun with live bait. So that's what we're looking for. But we still got about another month of the crappie so, uh, before we transition. So um, we still got a few dates left. So we're, we're looking to, um, to finish out the year here in a couple of weeks. That's awesome, man. And well, before we jump off, let's, let's jump back over the crappie. What what have you been using to catch your fish? Uh, we always like to kind of give the listeners some tangible uh, instruction as far as actual bait, and not just always the condition of of the river. So, what what have you been catching them on? Uh, where we've been the past month has been around the Bear Creek area, uh, Bear Creek, Yellow Creek, Indian Creek. Those have been the main three places that we've trolling uh as far as bait wise it's been two really good things that we've been using one of them's called a slab curly it's made by leland lures it's just basically a piece of plastic with a double curly you know tail two quarter ounce jigs we've also been using a crappie uh slider it's a double minna it's made by charlie brewer uh black chartreuse has been the key with a red head for some odd reason that red head has been the key uh, we'll start out with different colors, but normally when the sun pops out and normally the sun has been coming out after lunch, uh, the bite has been getting a lot better. 
But that red, black, and chartreuse combination has really been the key to catching some of these big fish. So it's just that simple. No fancy colors. The black and chartreuse has seemed to be the, the hot deal throughout the day. So I encourage anybody that comes to North Alabama to have that rig set up and get out there and look for the boats and get out there with them and see if you can catch a couple of these trophy crappie. Man, I like it. And one of the things I love about having you on here is you do things a little different than a lot of people do. So, man, it's, it's, some, it's some great information. Guys, if you, you heard us mention today about the technique you pull use. Side, side pulling. The side pulling. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more detail on that, I believe it was episode three. That it was episode either three or four. Y'all can look for it. Uh, but he'll go in, Brad will go into more detail about how he does that and, and that technique. So if that's something that you want to learn more about, go check out either episode three or four. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's not too far back. But with that being said, Brad, man, we really appreciate it again, as always, and look forward to talking to you anytime we can. Uh, so if somebody wants to come down or, or, or up and fish with you, Man, and not catch trophy crappie. Yeah, not just, tra- just yeah. big crappie, not trophy crappie. Just big crappie. Just just two pound plus. How crappie. can they get in touch with you? That's right. The How can they get way is, <laughs> Give me a call at 256-483-0834. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. You can Google Brad Whitehead Fishing and you can see all kind of articles, see some videos kind of explains our whole deal and uh looking forward to talking to you guys next time and uh we try to have a little saying we want big smiles and bent poles when you come fishing with us so just come on all right my man well thank you again and uh be safe out there with the high winds and uh hopefully your son will bring back a trophy smallmouth today too because i'm a little biased with that. Right. so we'll talk to you next time look forward to it okay buddy. take care buddy thank you all right all right, man, that will wrap up the fishing report for this week. What is your, Stephen, man, what, what, what'd you walk away with today? Man, I think the biggest thing that's jumping out at me is be, because of the season we're in and the weather that we've had here in Alabama, both with rains and winds and changing of temperature, the, the systems are not stable. No. The systems are not where they need to be. And we heard Joey talk about it. And we, we really heard every Joey, Joe, and Brad talk about this idea of either moving, don't stay in one place too long, or go to new water, right? And so I think right now the greatest takeaway for, for the listeners is to consider, try some new water. Try some new water because more than likely what you may know is not doing well right now. What you may know is stirred up. What you may know is unfishable. What you may know is in is in fifteen mile an hour wind. So I, I want to encourage listeners to you know consider fishing some new areas, whether it's a new lake right. or just a new place on the lake. And you never know what you'll stumble on. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about this state. We got water. We got it. A bunch yeah. of it. You don't have to go far to get to it. And yeah. and like you said, try out a new lake. It, it may be. It, may be the time to to yeah. do that because it's hard yeah it's hard to jump off your home oh, lake yeah. when you're catching them right that's I mean, right because you that's know right. you can get them Look, so we never i'll never forget it early in my marriage my wife was from she's from georgia from atlanta she tried to convince me to move back to atlanta i was like why would i ever move to georgia <laughs> i was like do you know how many bodies of water there are in alabama do you know how many bodies of water there are between where we live and 
the state line. You know, we really are fortunate in that. If you, you know, and I spent a lot of my adult life in Mississippi. And if you look at a map of Mississippi, there's the Mississippi River. And, and there's Ross Barnett. There's the, that system that and, Ross Barnett and, and Grenada, Grenada and Sardis. It's, it's all the same. Yeah, that's, that's, it. It. that's it. There's Georgia, no more water. Georgia's kind of the same way. That's I mean, right. you've got a big reservoir uh, in uh, uh, Lanier. You've got some stuff that's down. You know, you follow West Point and, and Seminole. You know, that, that's there. That's, but those are also Alabama waters. Seminole's not, but, but you follow and West, West Point, Point is. You've got some other small fisheries. Alabama is where it's at when it comes to freshwater fisheries. It's everywhere. Why would I ever go anywhere else? Good stuff, man. Well, hey, I've enjoyed it again, Stephen, as always. And uh, guys, that is a wrap for this week. Please subscribe and rate and drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And you can listen to it on Great Days Outdoors. You can listen to it on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast. You can find us. Head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash AFFR, and we'll send you the new show each week. That's a good way to do it. So go on greatdaysoutdoors.com slash AFFR, and uh, that way you won't miss any of our shows. So stay safe out there. Happy fishing, everybody, and we look forward to another show next week. Have a good one. We'll see you next week, guys. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the full line of all-natural dock-enhancing fish cleaning stations at KillerDock.com. And also brought to you by Geico of Mobile. Give Ron Davis, your Geico agent, a call at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at Geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. And also brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.